are listening to the Agents of Change podcast, a podcast about the creators, entrepreneurs, and people shaping Canada. On this show, we'll speak with changemakers from underrepresented communities who are moving this country forward. They're bold and inspiring, and you absolutely need to know about them. I'm your host, Winnie Bernard, and this podcast is brought to you by Double Shot. Double Shot is a globally inclusive talent and influencer management agency for diversifying your marketing and leveling up your brand. Antonia Fifi has one of those personalities that draws you in. Though we've never met in person, I've been following her adventures on the gram and her sheer honesty and authenticity made me want to get to know her better. This busy wife and mom of two, including one child with special needs, is also a successful content creator who never imagined where her career path would lead. Like so many brave people, Tony and her husband made a major decision a few years ago that changed the course of her life and her family's life. They moved away from her native Trinidad and put down roots in Canada. Tony and I had a lovely chat where we spoke about identity, starting over, and what it takes to be a successful influencer all by staying true to yourself. Sit back, relax, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and meet Tony Fifi. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today, Tony. I cannot wait to meet you in real life. You and I have never met, uh, but we're like Instagram BFFs. I love your adventures with your family. And when COVID permits and time permits, I cannot wait for us to meet in person. Thank you so much for having me. I feel the same way. This big smile on my face is just the excitement because I'm so happy to like have this face-to-face with you. Tony, you grew up in Trinidad. <laughs> Tell me about your childhood growing up there. Um, you know, that's a really interesting question because um, Trinidad, I grew up, my dad was a, is a Portuguese, he's a Portuguese and Belgian descent. And my mother is actually Venezuelan. So, um, you know, I've really been exposed to that Latin American um, culture. And I feel that really strongly in who I am, that Latin culture as well, because she certainly was not, um, you know, a West Indian kind of Caribbean mom. So just from the food that I ate and all that type of stuff, I really had that sort of exposure. Um, and at the same time, you know, her background was, is, I keep saying was, you know, my mom's background is African and um, indigenous South American. And she has some European something in there as well. And so, you know, I came as, you know, in China, I would say like, you know, you're a red woman. You're, that is sort of when you're mixed that way, um, you're red. And I think that that is almost um, a, an identity. You know, I think there's a big difference um, sort of in growing up in the U.S. and in North America. Sometimes you, know, you have a lot of conversation around not knowing where you fit in um, because you're not white enough and you're not black enough and, you know, you don't know where you fit. Um, I think in the Caribbean, we have a bit of a different dynamic in that um, you are mixed race and you are red and, you know, well, in turn, I would say red, but that's almost um, an identity. So we sort of like, um, we we move past a little bit of that confusion because you're not really trying to fit into one or the other box. You're embracing 
all of those things and saying that I'm a mixture of them all and that is who I am. So that has definitely impacted the way that I view myself and um, in coming to Canada has impacted, you know, I suppose how I portray myself. You first came to Canada as a teenager to go to boarding school. What was your experience like as an immigrant? Well, I mean, of course, there was the sort of, you know, separation from your family at 16. It's difficult. So that was that was tough just as any 16-year-old being away. I mean, I was here with my sister, so luckily I had her. But that's just tough being away from your family. But from the standpoint of, you know, being different in a new, in a foreign land, I mean, I think it was magical, to be entirely honest, because back then, so that was in 1998, um, there wasn't, you know, the, you didn't see as many, um, well, first of all, you didn't see a lot of curly hair like we do now in, um, because of social media. Yeah, like natural hair and women with big hair just wearing it proudly. Um, so when I first came, though I came here with relaxed hair and actually I cut my hair off and grew it um, natural when I came to Canada because I was um, sort of, um, inspired by one of my residents at the boarding school. She was one of the Dons. She was a resident Don and she was a mixed race woman like me and she had hair like mine and she wore it naturally. And I was amazed by that and um, inspired by that. And I cut mine off and said, you know, I'm going to go natural as well. And then throughout those first couple of years, you know, with my natural hair and that type of thing, I felt like it was celebrated. It was different. And I did not get, um, I really got, you know, and it's interesting because I'm coming from Trinidad and Tobago where we are, um, you know, we're called the Rainbow Rainbow Island because we have so many different races and so many different cultures and, you know, a mix of all of that. But I didn't have that experience growing up. I didn't have the experience of really appreciating my curls and appreciating my hair and appreciating, you know, my, my all that came with um, my African mix, really. Um, and in coming to Canada, all of a sudden my curls were celebrated and I was, I was different and that was good, you know, at the time. I think that, you know, there's been, there are lots of shifts and lots of things happening, but I know for sure when I first came here, that really built my confidence, a great deal of confidence in my identity. And there was a huge shift from being really self-conscious of my big hair. So all of a sudden, my big hair was my beauty, and I, I, um, it became such a defining part of my identity that I, I liked. You went back to live in Trinidad after living in Toronto for 10 years. Mm -hmm. What was your career goal upon your return home? Right. So, um, so, my, so everyone knows my first degree was in business, and my second degree was in fashion design. And then I worked as a buyer, as a fashion buyer, for a year in Canada before I went back to Trinidad. And so the goal was for me to um, to set up my fashion business, you know, I was gonna have my fashion empire. And so I started that and I um, opened a chain of women's clothing boutiques. Um, and, you know, really the intention was to just develop those and to see where, you know, where I branched off. And if I wanted to go into design, design wasn't really um, something, although I studied fashion design, I did that because I knew I already had a, a business degree. So rather than doing fashion marketing, I figured I had more options um, going into design. And um, so really was to just sort of 
expand that because that creative side that that was my passion and um you know it took a couple twists and turns because i became mom and then i had certain priorities that sort of um you know took first place you formed your family in your native trinidad and ran quite a successful fashion business there what brought you back to toronto that is like an amazing question because that was very difficult. I mean, the truth is that so many people say that, you know, they're going to leave and they're going to come to Canada or, or something, you know, not so, I hear I just, you know, let me rephrase that because I really don't like the concept either that people think that everyone's running from the Caribbean for a better life. The truth is that lots of people are having a great life in the Caribbean and it's a beautiful country and I'd probably still be living there today. I love Canada. We love being here, but outside of the needs of my son, I'm not sure that I would have made the move, but we knew that we um, wanted to move for him and it was particularly difficult because I was already settled in my career. I had my stores established. My husband had been working in his field for as long as he'd been working. So he had 20 years worth of experience in um, petroleum and oil and gas and he's in financial sector of that. And, you know, we knew that coming to Toronto that sector did not exist. You have it in Canada, but it's in Calgary and, you know, Toronto is yeah. where the school for Lucas is. So all of that was really difficult at this point in your life. I mean, I had made a move before when I lived in Canada. I lived there for 10 years before I went back to Trinidad. But going back as a 26 year old, you know, with sort of options and moving with a family at, you know, your mid 30s and your husband approaching 50 um, is an entirely different ballgame. So that was terrifying, really. Um, what were we going to do? We did not know. We knew that Lucas held priority, that he needed to come to the school, and that everything else we were, would work itself out because we were going to make sure of that. I knew that I had the education and the skills to find something, and my husband as well. So we said, you know what? Like we're we're gonna we're gonna make it work you're a successful content creator how did you get in the influencer space and what was the objective i mean the truth is that i first of all i mean before a few years ago i feel like i must have been living under a rock somewhere i can't say that you know it's not like i'm that old that i should not know about you know these sort of social media and how these things work but i really had no idea about the blogging world i had no idea how people made a career out of it um I was totally lost. So I never in a million years thought that today this is where I was going to be. And, you know, I was having this conversation with a friend earlier. The truth is that um, I am so like this, this is, it's, a, it's very exciting on one hand, like to be able to start over and to do something else. And at the same time, truthfully, initially there's there's also a lot of you know i am older not older i don't feel like i'm old at all to be honest but i know that in this space i'm older and i know that a lot of the the women in this space are at least 10 years younger than me at least and i know that a lot of the the brand reps and so that i interact with are in their 20s you know and i'm going to be 40 this year and so a lot of that is different and it's you know really humbling and um and it's and it's and it's a little it's a little difficult i think you know when you've worked for yourself all of your life and you've worked um you know managing your own companies and that type of thing and then 
you're in a space where everyone is so much younger than you and you're not answering to them but you are answering to them you know you're you're you have to correct content and also in a job that in the caribbean and coming from a very traditional caribbean household is not necessarily understood or respected you know so there's also a bit of that that i know in the back of my mind i had to work through your content is so real it's relatable it's heartwarming and it's funny mm-hmm. how did you grow your audience i think you know something that i've noticed recently is that oftentimes when i comment on someone else's um on someone else's post i notice like a lot of the time a very large percentage of the time they pin my comment and i always notice and i think oh okay they pin my comment and that says a lot to me i think a lot of it is that i am naturally like a talkative person i'm a really open person i'm an open book I love telling stories. I love meeting new people. I love interacting. And I think that um just being open and and just um having real conversations with people and really making connections. You know, people say that all the time and we sort of, you know, we think, "Oh, yes, we need to make real connections." What does that mean? But truthfully, I think that even people when you, you know, there's so many of us like you said, it's oversaturated. There's so many of us in this space that with my with my captions and with my interaction with everyone I want you to remember me um and I don't think I do it intentionally like I don't intentionally go out thinking I want you to remember it's something that I've noticed again because I saw those pins um and I think that contributes it that you have a conversation you write something about yourself in that caption something that something that is unique because it's about you it's about your life it's about your experience and whether it is just in an organic post or in a paid post you know someone has just made a connection between you and the product in that brand through your caption that gave them a little insight into your life you know so there's in, right there there's an emotional connection um and i think if there's anything that i do well because there's so many things that I think oh these are just too many things to keep up with um now I feel like I'm too old for it <laughs> but if there's anything that I do well I think it's I think it's that it's making connections with people um that's that's just I think that's just that's just who I am you know so so it's that it's it's engaging with people and and really not commenting or not even even when I get DMs you know I try to respond to every single one of my DMs and to every single one of my comments the Instagram my Instagram community I mean like you know people say this all the time again but this is the truth like they have been my friends through this move like I look forward to the comments in my stories and whatnot and I think we've I've really um bonded you know so I think that has been my number one sort of um not even strategy but it has been what has contributed to the growth is just really connecting with people where do you see your brand grow oh where do i see my brand going i mean okay so there are a few things one is that i have i am really like i said you know it's really exciting to to be able to do something new at this point in your life as much as it's totally scary because you think you know maybe you were supposed to be somewhere by now I am, you know, it's also energizing that you know you get this new chance. And there's one thing, you know, with my son when he when I had my son and he developed his issues, 
And of course, it gives you a new sort of perspective on life. You know, fashion has always been a passion of mine. And, and I see great value, even, you know, um, therapeutic value in, in fashion, right? You know, like in, in feeling good about yourself and including yourself in, in certain colors and things that make you feel good and uplift your mood and all that type of thing. But truthfully, after I had my son, I also felt like, gosh, you know, like I wish I had had done therapy. Like maybe I should have been an occupational therapist or something that um, I felt like touched people's lives daily and, and had an impact. And I feel like this is my opportunity to do that. You know, like having this platform. So I know for sure, and I think I've, I've always done this from the beginning, but I know for sure even more so now, I feel like I really need to lean into that more. Like I want to offer more of, we can do this, we can all do this. Like I want to be a voice that continues to, to you know, send that message. Yeah. So I want to do that. Now I know that I want to do that like more openly. I feel like I've, I'm only like scratching it and I want to do more of that. I also want to lean a lot more into like, I am Trinidadian, I am Caribbean, louder and prouder. And now a question that we ask everyone, tea or coffee, and how do you take it? Okay, so the answer is tea, and it's been green tea for like years. And the funny thing is that just in the last like, I don't know, three months, my husband got me drinking coffee all of a sudden. I don't know how. Super bizarre. So... So I know all of these years I never drank coffee. So I just started drinking coffee and I put um, I put um, a collagen creamer in it and um, and coconut milk. Thank you so much, Tony, for taking the time to speak with me today. I can't wait to meet you in real life. I know we're going to have such a great time together. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. has been the Agents of Change podcast. I'm your host, Winnie Bernard. Thank you for joining us. If you loved this episode, and I hope you did, subscribe, rate, share, leave us a comment. To find out more about Double Saw Agency and how we can represent you or help you diversify your next campaign, visit us at www.doubleshotagency.com or follow us on Instagram at doubleshotagency for news about our upcoming projects and talent. Bye for now.